Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody. It's Virginia Grenier. I am back. I've taken a little bit of a hiatus uh, from doing as a host here on the World of Ink Network, but I am back. I will be doing shows probably about once a month, twice a month um, over the fall, and then we'll see how things go when the New Year starts. Um, for those who've kind of been, I've just been kind of working on things behind the scenes and just kind of taking care of um, some stuff uh, personally in my life. So that's why Marsha's been kind of holding the fort down here at the World of Ink Network doing most of the shows. Um, but we are looking to add some new hosts. Um, as well as uh, the World of Ink Network. So be on the lookout for luxury uh, shows. We'll be um, sharing some of that with you as well. Uh, really quickly, just kind of going over some of the things we have going on um, here at the Week. Tomorrow night, Marsha Cook has her show, Writing with Kyle. Um, she's going to be joined by Mike Pettit and L. Um, Barton at that, uh, for that show. It's a really great show. Um, if anybody's ever listened to we've had in the past, it. They get really interesting when he's a guest on our show, so um, definitely tune into that. It's going to be an afternoon show. It's not going to be an evening show. That one looks like it's going to be um, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Central, um, 1 uh, Pacific for those in the different time zones. So it's definitely one of those ones if you can catch, you know, in the in the afternoon or during your lunch break that's great if not obviously you can listen to the show on demand later that evening um, and then we also have a, t- a tentative show scheduled for Thursday this week I'm still waiting to get the details I'll be hosting that show um, so you can just come off, obviously to blogtalkradio.com uh, forward slash world of ink network and hopefully if that show um, happens I'll be on Thursday it'll be in the evening as well um, I'll also blast it through our social media um, if that be confirmed. But right now it looks like it's a tentative. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to happen, but just kind of want the word out there that there could be one. And then um, Monday next week, and again, that's this is going to be actually a little bit earlier in the day show. Uh, Marsha Cook has a it's books to movies, so she'll be talking about taking a, a actual novel and converting it into script to be called to do. Marsha has a huge background with script writing, so um, a very informative show, very um, interesting show to listen to as well. Uh, that one is going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific, which puts that at 1 p.m. Eastern, so that's going to be a little bit early today. I 
again, our shows are on demand. You can just go to Blog Talk Radio. You can search World of Ink Network and find us. Um, just really quick as well, uh, we know people have come to the theworldofinknetwork.com, our website. We're actually having issues. The website that's popping up is our old website. We're in the uh, process right now of redoing the website, and we're not sure why the new information isn't um, updating like it's supposed to be. So if you have any questions, just send us an email through the contact us um, on on the website page, and we'll let you know. Some of our services like book tours and stuff, we're not doing so much. We're, we're redoing stuff, restructuring stuff um, here at the Week Network when it comes to services and and um, references to places for authors to go or, pub- or small publishers to go to get some help with marketing and stuff. So if you're not sure if it's something we're doing or you're not quite sure – um, what's going on? Just just contact us or our contact page. That everything works on the site. It's just that new information isn't changing out like it's supposed to. So, um, and you can also go to MichiganAvenueMedia.com. That um, is another uh, company that that is that we're working through as well. They have some great information, so you can hop over there. Um, And then, of course, you can always hit us up on Facebook and Twitter um, with any questions you may have, which is just World of the Network, and you can get us on those sites as well. So um, that's just some of the updates. So tonight I am back. I'm interviewing an author who has a book that just came out. Her name is Elliot McKay. So we're going to welcome her to the show. How are you doing, Elliot? I'm doing well. Thank you, Virginia. Thanks for having me on your show tonight. Super excited to be here. I'm excited to have you too, only because most of the time our authors that we have on are usually from different places. And once in a blue moon, I get to have an author who is from my neck of the woods um, with me as well. So um, I just want to kind of find out a little bit about you because I know you're from Southern Utah. I know that's how you and I connected was through our local writing chapter that we have out here. So you can share yeah. a little bit about who you are, how you got into writing for our listeners. Um, yes. Uh, I Well, like you said, I'm from Southern Utah. And um, the, the main way that I got into writing was during grad school, actually. Um, and a professor of mine uh, took a paper of mine and was just, he raved about it. He was just like crazy about it. And he was like, you should write. And I was like, I'm getting a master's in business. I don't, I don't know. And uh, he just, he just, he ended up devising a curriculum that that allowed me to earn two credits as part of my program to, um, to, to start writing. And, and he assigned me a mentor, uh, Verl Topham is my mentor. And he used to be the CEO of, uh, like Rocky mountain power, <laughs> but he's like, Oh, wow. Scholar. And, uh, he's like read everything in the world to read. And, and so he, he mentored me and it, it was, it was, required that I submit my first manuscript um, for graduation and then I actually handed my disc to my to my program director on graduation day <laughs> uh, otherwise they weren't going to give me my diploma <laughs> so oh. that, that's how I, that's how I wrote my first novel I never like grew up thinking I was going to be a novelist but it just kind of turned into that because I've always had a little bit of a quirky creative side so um, well and i I want to share a little bit about this book, you know, your book that you have that um, we're going to be talking about tonight, how, how you got the idea for the title and um, the process in which of getting it published because you actually entered a comp <laughs> to get your book for publishing. So 
that's a very different. I mean, I know that that's become very popular, but it's a, it's a different route than just like submitting to like agents or to multiple publishers. So I'd love for you to show that whole story. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's actually a pretty pretty good story. Um, the thing I love. So my publishers ink it, and what they do. Um, I like to think of them. These are like the publishing villains that slays tired trends in the publishing industry. Because what they do is they take. Um, this algorithm on their website that analyzes reading patterns to predict future bestsellers. So authors can go onto the site and they can post their books and, uh, and use this as a data given an approach that um, helps, you know, cover, you know, a data stories. Um, and then they publish them, but in order to get published, they have to win a contest. And I was like quite the spectacle myself. Um, I was like just off the crutches, right? And, uh, and I was like hobbling around and I had this little bucket and it, and it had a hole in the top where people could enter to win a gift card if they agreed to read my book. <laughs> so, so I was like out, I was still on one crutch and uh, it, I'll, I'll admit it, it wasn't pretty. Me knocking on dorm room doors and handing out these little four by six cards that I had printed up um, with the publisher, like just like at a Walmart or maybe Walgreens. And, um, and just, I would hand it out and I'd be like, I'm looking for 100 readers to help me win my contest. So it wasn't like this online thing where you had to like, people would just go like your, your book, whether they've read it or not. So like the algorithm would analyze reader interaction with my book. So, and that's, like it, it took them a long time to do the analysis. It was like three months after the contest ended that I found out that I had won. So, and you had asked about the title, the Aria Spectacles. Um, it is kind of a unique title, but the whole series is called the Aria Series. And the first one is about my my main protagonist. Her name's Michaela, and um, and she wears she's like kind of a normal girl, but. She wears, she's forced to wear these hideous spectacles that hide her true identity, but she doesn't even know that she has a true identity yet, you know? So, um, yep, well, that, that's kind of where the, the title comes from. <laughs> um, and I know you're working on a second book as well for the series currently right now. Do you have a working um, title that you're using? Or? I, I am. Um, the second book is called The Aria Tattoo. Um, and... <laughs> I had actually done something kind of crazy to try and, um, is it okay if I tell a failed story? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we, we love all stories. <laughs> right. Um, so I had like this big brain wave, right? I'm like so ridiculous sometimes. And, um, so I just had this big brain wave that I was like, okay, the Aria tattoo, it's about, you know, there's like this kind of mysterious tattoo that's like, more than meets the eye and I, I can't say more than that or it would kind of ruin the story right like mm-hmm. and um and so
All right, looks like we may have lost author Elliot McKay. Um, we're having te technical difficulties here at the World of Eight Network, it looks like. I'm not sure what is going on. Um, and Marsha Cook actually came by the studio and let me know that um, there's been some, some uh, hearing, hard to hear kind of going on. I'm not sure if maybe some of the um, weather that we've had in the past has been an issue or um, what, that's one reason why we canceled our show a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe we're still having the issues now. Um, so hopefully she will call back in and we'll get her back, um, back on here. So bear with us for a little bit, guys. Sorry about this. Hold on, I have her back. Okay, hold on. Um, hey, Are you there? Did I lose you? Yeah, it seems like I know we canceled the show back when hurricanes were happening um, through Florida because so I'm thinking that we're still having a little bit of difficulties based on that. So we lost you right when right. you were talking about, um, you mentioned the tattoo and how you could say anything more than, you know, obviously it's oh. just a tattoo. So we'll pick up from there. <laughs> right. Okay. So I'm just on my cell phone, so I hope it sounds good. Um, yeah, you can hear me all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, anyway, as I was saying, I was like, I needed to get, like, a really good tattoo drawn up that I wanted to use for the next book cover. And I just had, like, this big brain wave, and I, and I, I just decided. So I, I ended up writing a letter to um, – do you guys know who is the tattoo artist? Her name's like Kat Von D. Do you guys? Mm -mm. Or I mean, um, okay, so she she's on that. There used to be a TV show called LA Inc. And she was um she was like this famous kind of tattoo artist, right? And yeah, I know the show. Yeah, so Kat Von D is like the main lady on it, and she has like this kind of steampunk following. And um, mm -hmm. but as far for part of my um, for part of my readership has turned out to be just an, un, an unintended consequence is that it's a little bit steampunk, and so I was like, gosh, my readership would probably really go for for Kat Von D. And, um, so I wrote her this letter, and I was like, oh, um, I would like to commission you to draw a tattoo that I can use as my next book cover, and I sent her, you know, a deposit and everything that's required. And, and um and at the end and I, I wrote this little comment that said, Well, I hope you'll forgive my own lack of tattoos. I do enjoy writing, you know, watching your work. And um I got like three months later I got a, a letter from her assistant and um they were so super nice and they were so super funny and they were like I think they were trying to let me down easy. But um, uh -huh. so they're basically like, you know, Kat Von D, yeah, she likes your ideas, she thinks it's kinda cool and um, but she's not allowed to sell the rights to any of her work. And, and, um, and But they had a good laugh about it, and they kind of thought it was funny that, you know, I was, like, apologizing for not having any tattoos. But, um, <laughs> but so she was she was super cool about it. But so I'm still kind of looking for the right person to draw my tattoo, somebody who does actually sell the rights. And then later I told my editor what I had done, and she was, like, having a good laugh at my she was like, yeah, I probably could have told you about the rights, but next time you have this big brainwave or, you know, why don't we discuss it first and maybe we can figure out a way to pull it off, you know. So, but they're, they're super great. I, lo I love Ink It. I love that. Like, 
my publisher calls me. They call me all the time. They're like, hey, what are you working on? Um, get us mm-hmm. some pages. You know, what are you doing? And uh, they're great. So, and I'd like to I'd like to know more about you because I've never heard of you guys before. Um, so I'm, I I was okay. kind of poking around, you know, when he sent me the information and stuff about where the book was, and I was like, oh, I've never heard of this publisher. I mean, and I know there's all kinds of publishers out there. I mean, most people I know like the big five. Um, no one really pays attention to like the middle, you know, fifty. And curious, you know, what. What what is this publisher like? Is is it? Um, I know I know they've been around since the early two thousand, so they're not like fresh babies out there in the publishing world. But um, kind kind of for for because we do have a lot of like writers who listen to the show, and um, you know a lot of them are always looking for new places to submit work. So how, how is it kind of with with submissions to them? Can you share a little bit of that? Like what what oh, it's right. like working with these guys? Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, so kind of how it works. Um, and I'm happy that you asked this question because, like, all my writer friends in the League of Utah Writers, yeah, man, keep at it. You know, keep the faith there. Um, give it a shot. If you have, like, some completed work, just um, what I did is I, I got on the website. You just get on and you make a little profile for yourself, and then you post each chapter of your book to the website. And, and and when I first heard about that, I was like, my friend Erin did it. And Erin uh, Swan, she's actually, they got her a three-book deal with Tor, which is freaking amazing, you know? And, wow. Um, yeah. Um, she's actually in the, the painful process of editing right now. Um, you know, don't give up, lady. And um, but, but basically, she had told me, she's like, I'm like, you can't post your stuff on the domain. You can't put it out there. No one will publish your work if you put it out there. And she was like, no, mm-hmm. this is different. Um, you you just, just give it a shot. And so I thought about it for a while, and then I just was like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. And, and so I did. I, I posted it to the site. It's just like one chapter at a time, and you can edit it there. You can actually write your whole book right on the site if you want to um, as you're going. Mm-hmm. Let readers give you feedback, and people review your book on the site, um, and then they let their – whatever their special algorithm does, um, do the work to determine, you know, how are people interacting with the story? How are the readers? So, so Inkit has a huge readership out there, and they're just out there like, oh, where's the next story? What are we going to read next? And people can't wait to get on and see what's posted, who's reading your book next. And, um, and then you, if you want to enter a contest and try to win the publishing contract that they're offering, then, you know, um, it's, you just go give it a shot. Like I, I had to go through. I did a couple of contests. I'm like, and it, and it took me the second one to win. I think it was the second or third contest when I finally finally got popular enough. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hobbling around on crutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, back when I was into the industry, and I know we talked about this before the show started. I mean, it's it's been um, 13 years ago. That was definitely one of the big, you know, taboos. And I remember there was another company out there that kind of, you could kind of do the same thing, where you could, you know, share snippets of your book up there. And I remember being told that many, many times at conferences and work. Don't ever put don't post stuff on your blogs. And you know, it was right when Facebook was starting to take off. A lot of people were still on MySpace at the time. Like, you don't post it on there because once it's put, you know, once you post oh, yeah. it, it's considered, it's considered, you know, published. And then you have to sell second rights, not first rights. And 
that's what I'll so I know things have changed and, and I, I've heard of a few of those and I can't think of their names that, that do this kind of thing. I because mean, even I was even wary of doing the whole um Nana, the national you know, every time in October everybody gets together there's a national, you know, right you know, fifty thousand word, you know, kind of breakdown because you would be asked to post what you're writing there, of course you know, with that you can also win, you know, uh public contracts or money and stuff for your works and I remember being skeptical even ten years ago going, ah, I'm publishing after my work that was technically being published, right? So I'm glad that that stigma has gone away <laughs> and that there's these opportunities because I think it's beneficial actually to get feedback from readers on what they think. I mean it's no different than trying critique with and having, you know, getting feedback from writers, but now you're hearing from readers who have a totally different perspective than another writer because they don't understand the rules right. of writing. Um, and they're not right. going to rip you apart as much going, well, you can't, because they're going, well, this is great. And you're going, well, technically, I'll just do that. That's break, breaking a writing role. And, but they're going, but it works, and I love it. So I'm, I, I love that there's that platform out there. I'm definitely checking out for my own my own work, and I'm sure a lot of people will, because I know she's listening to this. She's like texting me, and I'm sure she's going to hop on there and read out more of them, too. Well, let's talk about your, your book. So would you consider this to be more of a way, a crossover, or definitely um, the adult market? Okay, so it's a little bit garbly, but did you ask me about the, the um, its genre? Yeah, where, where would you, as an author, in your mind, because it's funny, because I like how authors, where they, where they place their book, you know, as readership and genre. Oh, right. Readers and putting it. So, so when you're sitting down and writing, where, where did you see book falling? Um, okay, so I hope I'm hearing you correctly. Um, so my, my story falls under, um, it's considered young adult and paranormal, but it's also got a touch of romance. Um, and, and it actually ranks number one in paranormal and urban, and then also in teen and young adult paranormal. Um, it was in there for quite a, for a good bit. Um, mm-hmm. and then, um, and I guess the story is like, <laughs> um, I've heard that it's like, it's lighthearted. Um, so like it, it can definitely be kind of heavy, but more than a few people have, have described it as like kind of more of an adultish version of Matilda, <laughs> um, okay. even though it's not, a, it's not magical, you know, but like it's, it's got, so yes. I, I I apologize in advance, but yes, I wrote another vampire story, and I love it, and it's getting a lot of good reviews, and and uh and and a lot of guys dig my story. I get a lot of good reviews from guys, um, uh-huh. which is interesting. And then, um, but my character kind of refers to you know it's it's a really refreshing twist on B's and W's. She refers to them as B's and W's because she doesn't know where she fits in and she's not sure she's okay with it all, you know? So, uh-huh. um, but, uh, so yeah, I guess, I guess that's, uh, that's kind of where it fits. But like, to me, like to write the story, like I didn't set out to write that. I just, it's just what came out of me. And like, and the interesting thing is like, while I've been writing the Aria tattoo, like, I feel like I've been scrapping a lot of work because 
I stopped writing the story that had picked me, and I started trying to write what I thought people wanted. And, like, I've been scrapping a lot of work and just saying, gosh, I need to redo this because it's not the story that picked me. And I, I kind of got caught up in the commercialism of it all. So yeah, I, and I, like, it's I, easy to, and I say it's really easy to do, too, especially when you're writing a series because now you're like, oh, I need to I need to keep up with what, what other readers are, are picking up to keep my series going. Um, right. I, I, I totally um, agree with that. So, but um, I did actually, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. So when you sit down and you write, do you write with music? Do you write in the early morning, late evening, just when you find time? Do you like peace and quiet? Do you head to like the coffee shop where there's lots of just talking and, and you find you pick up snacks? Some conversations that end up in your work. How, how does it all work for you? Okay, that's actually, I'm really glad you asked that question because it's kind of fun. Um, so, like, I have a lot of funny writing practices. Like, I will do just about anything to get my mind in the creative mode, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I do. I have, like, one of my characters, Conrad. He's kind of this sexy character that all the ladies love. And, um, and like, and, and I have a whole playlist of music that's just gets me in Conrad's head, right? And, um, uh-huh. and is he, in, is he cra- in crazy mode or is he like in, in I'm, I'm awesome mode? And like, I know that um, I once read an article about how Dan Brown, he couldn't get, he was kind of blocked. So he went, he's like, I need a change of perspective. So he went and he bought some moon boots and he like walked up and hung up from the ceiling for a while and it like broke him from being, um, and it kind of broke him from being, you know, blocked. And, um, and like, I took this class from, I took that, you know, everybody's seen it, the old James Patterson. He has those master classes that he teaches online, right? Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. I took that class, and, like, the one thing that really stood out to me from that class was that he said that if you're blocked, it's because you haven't done enough research. And, and, and so whenever I feel like I can't write, I do research because then I, on whatever it is the scene is about. And, I, and it helps mm-hmm. me to be like, oh, I couldn't write this because I didn't even know enough about it to write it in the first place. And I had no business writing it until I could even, like, learn about it. And um, one other thing, I had an old editor that had this important rule. It's kind of a law that I live by. And maybe my friend Aaron can benefit from this, but the law is this. Thou shalt eat as many cookies as necessary while editing. <laughs> so, um, I have no problem whatsoever, you know, abiding by that rule. Um, and then one of the other things that I really do is sit back. Before I can even write a scene, I have to visualize it out from start to finish. Like I have to know where everybody's sitting. I have to know what the temperature is like, what time of day is it. And I have to visualize the whole scene before I can even write a single word of it. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm like this master detailer. Like I have the whole series is planned out by scene, scene by scene by scene. But like, I can't sit down and write a scene till I like visualize the whole thing from start to finish. And then I like, I also have a friend that I'm like, is this ridiculous? Is this over the top? Um, you know, how can I improve this? And a lot of times my friends that turned out to be beta readers for me, um, 
they they will come back and they'll say like nobody actually reacts like that. It's not natural. So no, it's crap. You need to start over. You know. So um, and and that's just the process. So I just and like um, one of the other things that really helps me is that if I'm trying to write about something that I've never experienced before, I try to find a way to go and experience that. So. Like, um, there's a scene, a falling scene, and so I, like, I went and did a little cliff diving just to experience what it felt like to fall, because I'm, no, you know, I'm no airplane jumper, you know, so, but, um, so I just always try to see if there, I can find some means of experiencing what it feels like so that I can actually articulate how that feels on paper, so does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I think that's great. And I love the fact you talked about how you visualize and you really work more from scene to scene. Um, mm-hmm. I actually did the James Patterson Masters class myself as well. And my husband got for me yeah. um, that they first offered it when it first when that whole for Masters thing started popping up. Um, my husband got for me that that first Christmas. So, um, and I loved it. I absolutely and I and I like the fact that I can go back and re-listen to videos when I'm getting writer's block or whatever, and just listen to Patterson, you know, to say something like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I knew that, but I had to hear it again from someone else." You know, um, right? So I think it's a great tool for anybody who is a writer already has taken courses and stuff. Just just as a way to just kind of. I, for me, it was more vindication. Like, oh yeah, see, I, I knew, I knew I was on the right path. I just needed to hear someone else tell me that in a different way, or make me look at something in a different light. Um, but he talks about that too in that course I was writing, scene to scene. And Marsha and I have talked about that um, on in past shows that we've done over the years. Um, some of the strongest writing we see is when it's written from scene to scene because you have that nat- naturally transition happens versus when people mm-hmm. write focus more on. Um, you know, the emotion of what's happening and, and getting lost in that. And then, of course, you just wander and you get all that bogged down stuff. So here's a question for you. Um, do you find that any of your characters um, in story are based off you or people you know or are there people who just start talking in your head that you're just like, oh, me, you know, you're bugging me and they- Wait, I, I'm sorry. Could you could you just repeat that question really quickly? I couldn't hear you very well at all. So my. Oh, sorry. Um, I was I was wondering if your characters are based on people you know, or if they're more like made up characters that nag you until you finally put them in your book. Ah. Um. Okay. So I think that every one of my characters are just a little bit of me, <laughs> which, which is a little bit crazy. But then again, like sometimes you'll be out. And like, there's like this element of people watching that that happens when you when you start writing because, oh, hey, I hear a puppy. Um, like, there's a tendency to uh, to be out and about, and like maybe you'll be on the train or on the metro somewhere, and you'll like see somebody, and you're like, gosh, that person is so utterly original. I could never have come up with that on my own. And so then you kind of face the character a little bit on maybe the characteristics of that person or or some some small part. Are, are we still together, Virginia? Yes, I muted because of my dog barking. Oh. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> I have a schnauzer. He comes with me to the yeah, I have a schnauzer. He comes with me to the studio. All our listeners know, but he's going crazy. 
<laughs> we like him. He's a good character to have around. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he gets vocal. Well. <laughs> so, um, to, to yeah. break up the the, mon- the mundane speeches of us authors that are on the show. So, um, but uh, yeah, I guess most of my characters are just a lot of times there's a little element of me and there's also a, a huge element of something I saw somewhere while people watching. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Look at the way that person walks or look at their like strange ticks that they have or why do they carry that odd device or, you know, like um, that's an interesting hairstyle. Maybe we can use that in the future. So like I have this big writer's box and I collect things like interesting jobs that my characters could have. If I hear of a job I've never heard of before, I'll jot it down and I'll throw it in that envelope. And if I hear of a name that I, that I think is original or interesting, I'll jot it down and toss it in the names that I collected. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. a little collector of, of, of character picks and character secrets. Like, that's another thing. Like, a lot of times my character is based on whatever the secret is that they're trying to hide. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense. Characters will go to great lengths to keep their their secrets secret, you know, <laughs> to the almost the point that it's ridiculous but still believable. So yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how my characters go. Uh, go ahead. What do you do? Here's some of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the picture books that I have written um, are all totally based off me and circumstances that I've done, and so are most like the short stories. Um, because I started off in like magazine writing and stuff, and then a lot of the um, articles and stuff that I did um, were just things that I found interesting, and you know, people don't know about like weird, interesting tidbits stuff. Um, but right now I'm working on a couple of novels, um, which is one reason why I've kind of just for a while um, behind the scenes here at World of Vain because I like I really need to focus and get myself back into writing, but um. Yeah, one one book I'm working on is based off a true story um, that happened when I was in high school, and that one's um, is it's a paranormal murder um, story, and then basically everything else is just pretty much whatever you know, kind of, kind of like how you know you talk about how your story just kind of came to you. It just shows you that's that's pretty right. much how the other ideas that I've come up with, and I find that usually that's. Uh, at least when when I've heard authors come on and and do interviews with us, or even like when I've gone to listen to authors are talking and and they're talking about you know their idea, story ideas and stuff, generally the ones where the authors aren't looking for the story, the story just kind of pops into their head and they just they gotta mm-hmm. write it because it just won't leave them alone. Those are the those are usually the books that I find the most interesting as a reader and I gravitate to more than someone who actually sits down purposely write a story. And and draft it <laughs> to, to the reader. I, I can usually tell the difference between the two because it just it. There's usually areas in the story that feel forced, and you can tell that like they're pushing the characters to go a certain way versus letting them just do what they're gonna do. Letting them just um, kind of migrate, right? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and I and I have. Yeah, and and my and and you, you know you talked about your your editor. I love the fact that you know he has made cookies. As you can, I might start eating more cookies when I'm editing. But I actually used to work on the editing side. So after I did writing for a while, I flipped to the editing side of the table for a few years uh, as an editor, and I definitely can see that now more um, when I read people's books. It's kind of funny. I was reading a series, um, and I won't say a series because 
I don't, I don't want to, they're, it's, it's an award-winning book, so I'm not going to bash the series, but the series started a long time ago, and I've gone back all these years later after just years of being, you know, after doing this for many, many years, and I go back right. and I still see the, the charm and the magic and why I love the book, but I can also see a lot of, like, the nuances and mistakes <laughs> that a green author makes, and it's funny because those readers right. don't notice them. And so I feel like kind of to some degree that I love, I love what I do. And I don't know if, if you're starting to experience this or not, but it kind of sometimes spoils as um, what you get as just a reader who doesn't know anything because you start picking up on things. I find listening to audiobooks is better for me because I don't, if it's not on a, on a page, then I don't catch it as fast than when I'm listening to right. it as an audio book. I can actually just kind of, I usually like when I'm working out or I'm trying to go to sleep, I'll listen to it because then my brain, is my, my subconscious takes over versus my conscious side. <laughs> so I think my story better. <laughs> But I I don't know. Do you find that? I mean, because I, I like I go back and look at some of my old work that I did in the early years, and I'm like, wow, I wrote that. That could have been like ten times better. Oh, absolutely. Like you go back and you're like, you read something and you're like, your stomach sinks and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I not learn how to edit? I'm like, um, or edit better. And like my very first book, oh, it was so awful. It was the worst book ever written. Like, no, it will never come to the light of day. You know, it's just like the biggest piece of crap ever but um but yeah I, I, I used it as a tool to learn and a friend of mine um I attended Westminster College up in Salt Lake City and um and one of the one of the uh people in the English department there one of the professors there she she hooked me up with this friend who was an editor what was her name Maureen something she's local I'll have to get her name mm-hmm. and give her a kudos but like she was amazing. Like she, she took some of my chapters and she gave me some feedback, the kind of feedback that makes your heart bleed a little bit, you know, and she recorded yeah. our conversation so I could go back and look at it and hear it again and remember. And, and like that was the single most important learning lesson for me because I had learned that I, just because I spewed something out of the page doesn't make it worth anything. <laughs> so it needs to be like, my heart and soul being, you know, dumped onto the page. You know, everybody knows that old saying about, you know, what's a, who's that author? Uh, gosh, I'm I'm killing this here, but he said something about reading <laughs> over the typewriter, you know, and that that's writing his story. So. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, and I know who this is too, and I can't think of it. Another quote that I really like um, too, which is, I think, I want to say, I think Kuntz said this one, which is where. Um, Real life is stranger than fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I like that one, too. Right. Because <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, it's true, because it's, sometimes I go and read memoirs, and I'm like, wow, this just seems really out there. And, and except for the fact I know it's a memoir, so I know it had to have happened, I wouldn't have never believed it. Like the whole, you know, suspending your disbelief is like, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how that stuff works. Um, right. Well, I would love for you um, to kind of share a little bit where people can follow you um, through social media, websites, so um, okay. we can help you gain some new readers Gosh. from those who are listening to the show. <laughs> well, I guess, let's see, my my main web, I guess, like, you can find me on Amazon, of course, is where my book is posted. Um and then, you know, you can get a hard copy as well. Um, or, a, well, I guess it's a softback, technically. 
Um, and then I'm, do you want me to, like, spell out my website, or what do you want here? Um, yeah, I would spell it out because sometimes people don't translate it easy when they hear it. Um, okay, so Elliot McKay is actually spelled with one L and two T's. So if you like, um, if you want to find it on Amazon, it's just like Amazon.com, and then it's the Ari, you know, Ariat Spectacles and Elliot McKay. Um, and Elliot's my middle name that I write under. Um, and then, uh, and then I do have a little blog that I used to. I do have a little blog that I used to keep. I'm not so great about keeping at it anymore, but um, I'm a little bit of a secret do-gooder. <laughs> And then sometimes I blog about things that, you know, seem kind of fun or silly things. Like um, one time I did, like, pink, you know, free lemonade and kind words just to see what, how people would react, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so I just write little blogs. So you can find that that and uh, all my links are associated with it. I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is just Elliot McKay, doc, you know, Elliot McKay, um, one L, two T's. Um, and then um, I'm on Facebook. Let's see. Where's even my Facebook page here? Sorry, I'm killing it here. <laughs> um, I guess it's just Elliot McKay. Is, you know, if you look on Facebook, it's basically just author.elliotmckay.com or whatever. Um, and then you can also find me on Inkit. Um, if you go to inkit.com, you can see a little video of me um, encouraging other writers to give things a try. Um, so if you go to the under if you go to Inkit, Inkit spells I N K I T T, and um, if you go to their site and then you click on the the free um, like where you can enter their free contest, um, then you'll see a little video of me chit chatting and you know being ridiculous and <laughs> encouraging people to try. Have, um, is that the only video you've done? Have you have have you thought about doing any YouTube videos after doing that video and kind of sharing some writing <laughs> secrets? I say that. So ink is pretty funny. Like when they have a conversation with you, they do it on Skype and they like, they record you. And then sometimes if they um, decide that, that you said something they like, they'll, they'll just throw it into a video somewhere. <laughs> and you just don't ever know for sure. So whenever I have a call with them, I'm always like, make sure to do my hair, you know, <laughs> something, try to look nice just in case it ends up on the internet somewhere. But you know what? I should get a YouTube. Um, I do actually think I have a YouTube channel. Um, because I wrote, yeah, I did once post a book for for another book that I'm working on. Um, actually, Inkit does have a copy of another book that I wrote, but it's uh, just totally different genre, and I'm trying to decide if I should even write under the same name. Um, but it's called 12 for 12, and they're, I think they're kind of like, we don't really represent women's fiction. We don't know what to do with this book. We don't know what to do with you. <laughs> but, so they, they're, they're, they're considering whether or not they might be able to, like maybe sell it to another publisher or something. So I'm kind of still waiting to hear what they want to do with that. But um, yeah. <laughs> so, but thank you for the chance to, to shout, shout those out. Um, but if you want yeah. to, can I go back to your other thing? I was going to say one of my favorite quotes. I went to a writers' conference up at Sundance um, um, mm-hmm. in Park City um, several years ago, and. And um, while I was there, I had the great chance to meet um, Juliana Baggett, the writer. She is amazing, by the way. 
And she said, I will never forget the very first words that she said to us when she walked into our class. And I don't think she was super impressed with me because it was that first crappy novel that, you know, no one should ever read and um, <laughs> that, that I was working on. And, uh, but she said in this kind of husky voice, she said, be not vaguely bitter. And those words are just like stabbed me in the heart forever. It's like, and when I'm writing, I'm like, be not vaguely bitter, you know, be not vaguely ridiculous, be not vaguely. So I always tend to go a little OTT sometimes, but then, you know, it gets edited to death. So, um, but anyway, go ahead. So I think I'm, I'm over. Oh, no, I, I love that. <laughs> no, that's, that's um, awesome. No, I love that you shared all that. Is there is there anything that you'd like to, to leave with our listeners tonight? Because we're coming to the end of our show. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess just um, if there are a lot of writers out there, if there are a lot of readers out there, you know, give my book a chance. See if you like it. Um, you can get it for a couple of bucks, you know, on the on the Amazon site. And um, but if you're readers out there, give give it a shot. Don't give up. Keep trying. Um, it takes a long time sometimes to really hone your inner voice, but um, once it starts to come out, gosh, there's just no stopping it. So um, yeah. <laughs> Just, just encouragement because I love other writers and I love and join the League of Utah Writers. They're amazing. And that's how I met um, our super incredible host tonight, Virginia. So pass off to Virginia. So uh, with confetti spray hey. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the League of Utah Writers is a, is a really good group. And I've I've met some incredible um, people through the group and I continue every year to meet more and more people and I've watched so many of you guys just you know from from the debut novel to you know winning awards and just all of a sudden taking off it's just it's a it's amazing watching everybody's career um, out here in Utah and in the group and 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 how encouraging everybody is in the group as well. So that's one thing I want to leave with our listeners tonight too, that no matter where you live, there's usually a writer's group and I highly encourage you to join one and, and surround yourself with that because you can cry tears with each other of joy and happy uh, and happiness as well as sadness when you get those nasty rejection letters. Um, right. You know, obviously or, you'll be able to laugh for, at <laughs> Yeah. And oh, the critique group is amazing. Like the critique work, like mm. it's, there's nothing better than going to a group and having someone look at you and say, you can do better than that. <laughs> so, yes. Um, it really yes. Helps, helps you to improve. Well, it does. Um, and and everybody will always have a book because I have one as well that will never see the light of day and it should never see the light of day. It should burn. <laughs> and that's okay because these guys will be able to laugh with you about it. And you'll go, yep, that was just me, you know, dusting off the cobwebs and, and making sure I get, got myself together and knowing what I'm doing. So um, a right. lot, lot of good stuff there. Um, well, it's been great having you on the show. I I look forward oh, to hopefully so meeting you in person because <laughs> I know yeah. I know uh, we have for the League of Utah Writers, our conference is not starting to, to roll around um, in September and October and all the different stuff starts heating up here in Utah. So Hopefully we'll yeah. cross paths in person um, at one of those functions. But um, I was planning to go. It was supposed to be scheduled in September, but then it got changed to October. So I'm not sure if my schedule will be able to accommodate it. But I'm definitely planning, and I definitely entered some work. So we'll hope to get some good feedback. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I hope so too. And um, you know, definitely, you know, stay in touch with with us here at the World of Ink, and you know, definitely with me. Um, Absolutely. You know, I know that uh, we not too much has been going on down in the Washington County area, which is where I'm at in Utah. But hopefully, we'll start. I know um, the Heritage Writers Guild, which is a chapter um, down down in the St. George area, and for anybody yep. who lives mm-hmm. or within reasonable driving distance, they're talking about doing a spring conference um, for 2018. They've actually oh. reached out to me recently and asked if I would. Um, help be kind of a mentor to them with uh, suggestions and ideas. Um, so amazing! Something for well, I hope to be yeah, there. something for people to put on their calendar. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. I know. I think they're just starting to look at um, speaker panels and stuff. So I'll, I'll definitely, you know, let them know about you as well. And um, but yeah, de- definitely stay in contact with us. And we wish you the best of luck. And thank you for coming on the show tonight. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great evening. You too. And then really quick, just for our listeners so they know, I'm um, just going to quickly go over that tomorrow night, uh, not tomorrow night, sorry, tomorrow afternoon, Marsha Cook has her show. And then Thursday night, uh, it looks like it's going to probably be a go that we're going to have a show for a new uh, host that's going to debut here on the World of Ink Network. I got that information during tonight's show. So um, I will get be getting more out um, on that through our social media and out on our um, different sites to our listeners so you can tune in and find out who our new host is going to be and what that show will be about. It'll be a great a great new show that we'll be introducing here to the Living Network. And then um, Monday, uh, a week from today, Marsha has another show as well. Um, so that's definitely so um, if you want to just kind of talk about writing, that will be tomorrow night. If you're more into books to movies, script writing, that will be Next Monday here at the World of Ink Network, and then, like I said, Thursday evening, we will have um, the announcement of our new show, so we hope you guys will tune in or catch on demand through our podcast here at the World of Ink Network. Take care, and everybody have a good night. Follow me to the World of Ink.